going on? Greetings and good day and welcome to this, the latest edition of the Birds All Day podcast. My name is Drew Fair Service and we are here talking, of course, about your Toronto Blue Jays here in the dead of winter when there is a nary a news nugget about which to speak. Uh, joining me to spin our wheels. Old no. Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Yeah. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm well. There's actually some stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's going to be a hell of a January. Since last we spoke, of <laughs> course, the Blue Jays made a significant uh, addition to their yeah. bullpen. Okay. So, oh, to the bullpen, yeah. So sure. We can talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about the uh, other stuff that's going on as well. Some executives. If there's one thing I like talking yeah. about, it's guys in suits. Yeah, that who we don't really know at all what they do. What to give them credit for and how how they are to work with and what it all means. And when we're not talking about that, we're going to talk about rumors. And when we're not talking about that, we're going to talk about even more exciting and almost as tangible as a rumor, a projection. Oh, oh very nice. Your favorite. Yeah. Your well, absolute dead favorite. I love them. Love them at uh, odds, playoff odds. Also very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those you're, again, great. right yeah. up your alley. Yeah. Uh, but before we do any of that stuff, of course, we're going to... Uh, Encourage you, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on uh, Podcatcher or Podbean or Stitcher or whatever they're called. Whatever you use, uh, head over there. And if you do use iTunes, of course, then you can go and become um, one of the the uh, beloved fr- friends of ours who offer uh, uh, effusive praise in the rate in review section. That's really what we're doing it for. We do it for, for praise that we actually never see. I had someone was talking to me, and they're like, oh, I was checking out the comments, and they were all really good, and the reviews are good. And I was like, oh, they are? Sweet. <laughs> I just kind of say, yeah. I encourage everyone to do it, encourage them, uh, because it's just sort of something that we do. <laughs> yeah, I think you're supposed to do that. If you, have a, if you have a podcast, you say, hey, go say nice things about us. Well, because that's what they're doing. They, they being the people who invest venture capital into podcasts right they're sitting and looking at the charts and being like oh this one's not really moving around that much <laughs> i don't think we're going to get them the vc that they're after yeah well we need to we and we need yeah we need it for uh for our binder we go out searching that vc searching for, for sponsors title sponsors still uh still available you gotta put the legwork in yeah you really do if yeah. you're in this kind of if you're in the game you're in the game you gotta put in the legwork well we're not really doing that are we Speaking of the game, speaking of the legwork, of course, we do the game and the legwork that we uh, put forth is is our uh, Patreon campaign, where if you feel so obliged, you can head over to patreon.com slash birdsallday and uh, donate or shoot shoot us a couple bucks a month to keep us going and keep us um, uh, living in the style. To, to which, which we've, we've become accustomed. To, to, to which we've become accustomed. Yeah. And of course, when you're on Patreon, you can head over to our friends at Sportsfeld. Uh, and support their there you efforts go. as well. That's a nice idea, yeah. Keep I mean, if you, had to, if you had to choose between one or the other, obviously. Your choice is no choice yeah. at all, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, this is this is fine-ass content. You could, you, you could pay as little as a dollar an episode if you liked. It's really up to you. You can you pay, pay nothing. Yeah, you can pay you can pay, you can pay. Well, you can pay less than a dollar an episode. You can pay uh, zero dollars per any time. You can just enjoy... Our banter. Don't even oh, wait. Wait till you see the the new carrots that we're gonna get uh, rolling out for you. I don't know what we're gonna do. Uh, well, the bar is set pretty fucking low. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Considering the carrots that we uh, dangled. Oh uh, well, maybe it's not the, that the carrots weren't good. It was that the fields were fallow. 
I, yeah, I think, that, <laughs> I think that's true. I think that's that uh, Speaking of banter, I should uh, put a plug or a shout out into, um, if you live in Toronto, uh, in a couple of weeks, doing another pitch talk, winter pitch talk. It's just me this time. I'm going to be on a panel talking about podcasts. And uh, this one is at the Phoenix, which is pretty interesting. Uh, with Buster Only. Big room. Big room. Buster Only is going to be there headlining the show. Jay Jaffe and Emma Spann from Sports Illustrated are coming uh, up to Toronto in January, um, as any sane individual would do. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And, Wedgie, uh, Wedgie did it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Eric, Eric, Eric Wedge, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, come <laughs> go over to whatever pitchtalks.ca, whatever the website is, or follow, uh, I don't know, just Google it. It'll be there. And uh, come out, and uh, the Phoenix is really crazy. I saw, we talked about this before, I saw Weezer there in 1995. Yeah, yeah, because we're old. Mm-hmm. I was in high, <laughs> I was very young then, but... Uh, Still. A lot of people would be like, oh, 1995, I was uh, in fractional years yeah. old. They were. But anyway, enough of that! Enough of the shamelessness and this uh, uninspired banter. I keep meaning to bring booze when I come. We drank. I've had a lot of booze now. It's good. We drank a lot. I think the first one, maybe we drank more than some of the other ones. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, we haven't been drinking as much lately. No, I drive now here uh, sometimes. I, I I bought this bottle of Kraken. Oh, spiced very nice. Rum yeah, at, yeah, you at can Christmas. That, yeah. And I was because I was make, mixing it with my uh, eggnog. Of course. Which let me tell you, was really fucking good. <laughs> it's it's really good for like one drink. I really enjoy the rum and eggnog. Then I felt like I was going to die. Like <laughs> as if yeah. I had, you know, drank and then chewed the carton yeah. of eggnog. Uh, but now I've got this like half, it's only a small bottle of uh, Kraken. Or as it's known in my house, squid juice. Oh, very Which nice. I keep meaning to bring the squid juice with me and drink it. Uh, but then I forget, of course, that I am indeed old. Do you see that octopuses are uh, aliens? No. Do you see that? Yeah, they're, they like mapped the genome and it just makes no fucking sense apparently. Bless. Bless them. Yeah. I do love... Did you see they got video of like a giant squid up close like, and personal? I saw that too, yeah. Horrifying. Not of this earth. Like well, it's, we, I don't know why we're surprised. Yeah. Like, oh, it's an alien. Well, yeah, look at it. It's, well, that's, that's a squid, though. That's a... I don't know how they... They have a classify. very long name. Something a pod. Yeah. That I can't Cephalopod. Yeah. Cephalopod. There you go. Uh, anyway, that's enough anatomy and booze <laughs> talk. Uh, after this, Blue Jay stuff on Birds All Day. So here we are. We are back, ready to talk first and foremost about Drew Storm, latest Blue Jays reliever, not closer, despite being a person who has 95 saves in his career. And should totally be the closer. He should 100% be the closer. <laughs> With like, without question. Well, I mean, it's different for him because he's not, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So if you're Drew Storen, maybe you don't necessarily care as much about that as you would have if you were a year or two younger. Perhaps, yeah. Because the money's going to be there if you're yeah, good. You are. I yeah, think like the Andrew Millers of the world yeah. have proven that if you're just a good pitcher, you'll you'll get paid. Yeah. Fuck Andrew Miller, Jesus, he's a. There are guys who are not half as good as him who got big checks despite the fact that they weren't closer. Yeah. But if he's the closer, that means Roberto Osuna is not. 
Which is a good thing. It is a terrific thing. Yeah. Now you, I, before, before we before we get to the implications of acquiring Storin, you wrote it in depth and you you know did some reading and whatever and thought about true Storin. Uh, what is it that people maybe need to know, or what what is it you wrote at that time? Uh, I think I just aped something somebody else wrote, but he, he well, that, like last year had a big spike in strikeouts. The slider worked really well. I think Jeff Sullivan wrote about that at Fangraphs. Uh, small difference seemed to make you know all the difference for him. His strikeout percentage against right-handers went up to like forty-three percent from a career rate of you know twenty-eight, twenty-nine, uh, which is very good, very nice. He's been kind of a uh, a guy who's hard to get a read on, you know, I was looking at his ground ball rate, which sort of fluctuates every year, it seems, you know, he has years where he's below 40%, and he's had years when he's in, like, the, uh, you know, the high 40s, so, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, he's just, he's always, he always seems to find a way to be effective, I don't, is this what you're even referring to, which I wrote about True Storm, but, uh, but I, I, I don't know, and he, some adjustments and stuff, yeah, and... he's also a guy, like, who doesn't, just seem to do well going, uh, you know, more than one inning. He doesn't do that very often. He mm-hmm. doesn't go more, you know, more than just the three batters, which is like a, another reason to, you know, put him at the closer spot. I think just let him pitch a clean inning. Maybe not the most ideal guy to come in and uh, into a, 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 a tough situation with guys already on base. Seems mm-hmm. like seems like a guy who should be their closer, and hopefully, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. To be honest, I think. Uh, there's always, you know, the politicking and people, you know, people think we're, you know, Asuna wants to be that guy and, and and he's the incumbent and he did such a great job in that role last year. And, you know, I think that you have to be sensitive talking about it too openly about, you know, oh, we're not going to define your role just yet. You know, they want to go into spring and mm-hmm. decide whatever. But yeah, Storin should be the closer. There was a, something that he said about why he was so bad after they acquired Jonathan Papelbon last year. Saying it was about workload and mm-hmm. that he was not getting adequate rest in between his star starts and, or uh, outings. Um, which is kind of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. a horrifying thing for him to admit, frankly. Not admit, but... You know, they're just... Especially with John Gibbons as your manager, you're going to get You're going to get used. Yeah, especially if you're good. Yeah, if he he's finds gonna, out that you're good, yeah, he's gonna run you, run you hard. I mean, put you away wet. I feel, I feel like that it it can go both ways. A a closer, especially a one inning, three out, Trevor Hoffman, you know, bullshit closer, Hall of ha- Famer, has a potential yeah. to not get worked as hard. Yeah, because there are times when it's like, well, it's not a safe situation. I'm not getting up. And on a team like the Blue Jays, maybe those are going to come more more often because they score so many runs. Yeah. <laughs> it just depends how the starter goes, I guess. But the other thing is, if you're the closer, and we talked about this maybe a little bit last year, but Osuna, when it's like, if you're the closer and there's a, cl- a safe situation, you're going. You're out there. Yeah. If you are like the big swinging dick guy who's, I'm the closer, if it's a three-run game or a two-run game or a one-run game and you've pitched two, ga- two in a row... Maybe other maybe you're you're probably coming out for that. Yeah, you're gonna pitch because you're the veteran as well. You're not a child out there like Sanchez or Osuna. You're you're looking at free agency. You're building a case for why you're gonna get paid lots of money. Don't be crying. And I think that's the thing about about Drew Storen that Nationals fans could not have been more excited to be rid of him. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I didn't see too much reaction, but that wouldn't entirely surprise me. There are Nationals fans, assholes as they are, well, being fans have, they of would the have Nationals, to be, yeah. who could not have been more excited. The fact that they got Ben Revere is just like a total bonus to them. But they there is there is an element of that fan base, and and based on experiences, frankly, that. Do not think that Drew Storen is cut out for the that kind of. Attack. I think I saw something looking at you know like shutdowns and meltdowns, and he is a little sort of meltdown prone, and yeah. uh, you know he's not. This is not the Jays acquiring Craig Kimbrell like the goddamn Red Sox did. Oh right, yeah, that's I forgot fun, isn't that? that? Yeah, and for you know that, the, that's the second best bullpen in the division, the Boston Red Sox with Kimbrell and fucking. Koji. Koji and Tazawa and anyway. And whatever the fucking guy from the Mariners was too. Oh shit. Yeah. Craig Smith. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh yeah, Jay's bullpen is uh not as good as those two. No, it's not. Uh but it doesn't, doesn't have to be. Doesn't it doesn't have to be. There no neither of those offenses are anywhere as good as the Jay. The thing with Drew Storen is is that yeah, like I'm you know People who have listened to us and have read us or know that we're probably more likely to side on this on the side of like being trying to trying to be rational and being like, no, he's a good pitcher, and good pitchers just need they'll, they'll just pitch and they'll get their outs and do their thing. Maybe Drew Storen's a bit of a head case. There's some talk from the Nationals people that I'm Nationals fans, not like people right. inside the oh Drew Marion Host is bleeding like a stuck pig here. <laughs> oh no. Well, uh, well, that hurts my fantasy team. That's oh. Like there, there are these people, like Nationals fans that I know, who who will insist that, like, uh, there's talk about Drew Storen having, like, a bit of a crazy stage dad. Oh. Uh, for one thing. Well, that that always goes well here, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, he's a good player. I don't think anyone's going to argue. But um, there are, their lumps are there. They, they didn't get him in exchange for Ben Revere by accident. Yeah, that's true, too. Right? Yeah. But he's good, and he's got a lot of talent. And he's been good, but... He also, as some of these same Nationals guys will argue, literally lost the team two different playoff series. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember the one. The, the one. one was, the one was like on a Thanksgiving weekend, I think. I would. I the one was the was the best way to describe the one in 2012 against the Cardinals was catastrophic. <laughs> <laughs> It was like an all-time never yeah. like like shortlist worst performance ever meltdown. I do seem to recall that now that you mention it. Uh, but you know what? Fuck it. Who and cares? then he did it again it's, this it's, year. It's, yeah, because well. they traded. They took his job away, even though he was pitching really well, which was stupid. And that's the other thing to remember is like the, the culture of the Blue Jays is not the culture of the Nationals, which is to say it's not a fucking burning, disgusting, <laughs> fetid tire fire of disease. Indeed, because the Nationals are any, are idiots. If they they thought that they could bring in Jonathan Papelbon, it wouldn't fuck anything up. And then he choked the best player in the National League. God damn it, I hate them. Yeah, they're horrible. Uh, but no, I, I now no, the, you, the other thing is now the implications. Okay, well we don't yeah. we don't need to disparage Drew Storen's character anymore. No. He's a Stanford. Right. He went to Stanford. He's no dummy. Uh, Might not know what Netflix and chill means. But, or he uh, does. He, or he, he, just be, he, he was like, <laughs> he you know does. what I'm going to do? like, yeah, I was fucking my wife. Yeah, I'm going to become content. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the implications are Sanchez to the starting rotation, which is which he reportedly very much wants to do. Uh, in that Arden's story about Strowman. Right. They, they talked about the two of them broing down in North Carolina and working out. And Strowman 
barking encouragement about like 200 innings. 200 innings. I like, couldn't tell if Parks liked that or not. Did you Did you get a read on that? Well, I don't know. Did he share it? <laughs> Parks, he was, he was snarking that piece a bit. Well, anyway. <laughs> I believe there was a Triers then, Big Hearts then tweet. Well, anyway. Right. Sanchez uh, wants to start. Yes. Sanchez really wants to start, and he's working out hard as balls with uh, Stroman in North Carolina. That's good. Is it? Are they working on his ability to get left-handers out? When he, They're uh, working on throwing strikes. He's, yeah. he's dragging the strike sled around and leaving the ball sled <laughs> off to the side. Uh, but now this seems like more realistic. But the other side of it is, something that you've talked about, is the beginning of the transition of Roberto Osuna to the rotation. That's the that's the one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. I I, I like the, like Sanchez should start. They should give him a you know every opportunity to start. This, of course, being the last of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, I yeah, I don't know if it'll work. It's weird because I mean, last year there were times where you're like, this is really good, not terribly efficient, but uh, you know, he had some good starts. The very last start before he got hurt. Uh, was very good against the Yankees or the Orioles or whoever the fuck it was against. Sanchez has, you know, it, it's easy to see the flaws, I think. Uh, especially, you know, you take a step back and you're, you see that, you know, just the number, he looks so good as a reliever uh, that it's easy to just want to stick him there and be, be done with it. But I think he can start, I think it would, or he can, <laughs> he should be able to start. Whether he can actually put it together or not, obviously, who knows. But yeah, the big one is Osuna. Like, Osuna, I think, has a much more starter-like repertoire. It's a guy who's going to... Because he has a change-up. Yeah, that helps, yeah. He can get up same hand, or opposite-handed batters out. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, right? So, uh, there were a couple pieces this week after the store and trade, which uh, touched on this, and that's something that I touched on, you know, the second that it happened, which is, yeah, you know, you make Osuna a guy, you make him a Batansis kind of guy, you make him a guy who goes multi-innings, you make him a 100-inning reliever, get him to 110 innings even. I mean, nobody cares that much. I mean, the Verducci effect is bullshit about, you know, being really specific about... The number of... Yeah, yeah. but I mean, but you still have to kind of, you can't just ask him to, this year... It's like, hey, you threw 70 innings last year. How about you do like that plus 100 and so, however many more? Yeah. Like, you, I don't, that's, that's not a great idea. Uh, so, yeah, building him up to somewhere in between there, I think, would be fantastic. And, you know, le- just lengthens the bullpen that much more. And uh, and then maybe allows the, a guy like Sanchez to move into the rotation. You don't worry as much about it, even though, you know, they're going to get Giovanni Gallardo. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's... I, I, there, there's a lot of good that could come out of this, despite you know whatever Nationals fans think about Storm. I think the bullpen just got so much longer. You could contemplate a, a Gallardo, even though we're rolling our eyes here about that idea. I think uh, I because just it... sprained my <laughs> ocular nerve. Because I mean, but he's a guy who's going to give you a five and change if you're lucky. And, he uh, is bullshit. Man, he's kind of bullshit. He's he was so bad in the second half. I think Jays fans have a you know. Understandably, those who haven't like dove into his fan graph page and his splits, so he was good in the first half, and then he just was dog shit in the second half. Except when he played the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, where he killed us. So people were like, "He's really good, and he's a name. He's been around for a while as a guy who's like a, he used to be good, like, yeah." And now he is bullshit. He's kind of bullshit. 
the strikeout rate, if you just look at where the strikeout rate has gone, like, over the last four years, it just keeps sinking. It's like it's, the whole, it's a progression. You, you yeah. miss bats, and then maybe you can get away with missing barrels. But as soon as you stop, as soon as you've gone from missing bats to missing barrels, as soon as you stop missing the barrel of the bat, then it's hitting the barrel of the yeah, bat. Yeah, a little bit. And you lose your velocity, and you lose your ability to not fucking nibble on the corner of the strike zone <laughs> and hope and pray that you're going to get those calls on that outside corner. Oh, man. It's just... I t- we, we all know from watching the yeah. in, in game one of the ALDS, just waiting, waiting for the Blue Jays to start teeing off on him. Yeah. And then it never came because the Rangers, to their credit, begged him for 15 outs. Yeah. And then as soon as he got them, they sent him to do whatever his approximation of a shower is. That greasy fuck. <laughs> no. No to Giovanni Gallardo. The money and the draft pick? The draft pick, yeah. Oh, mon ami, no, no! Yeah, no, no. that's bad. That's bad. I don't, the money... It, I, look, I could talk myself into it. Mm-mm. if As long as it doesn't, like, take a single penny away from next offseason and things they have to do then. You know, if you have to sign him for more than one year, which you probably do, then so, no. There's the chances of him taking anything... Even if he if he says, okay, I'll take one... the. One year at the qualifying offer price. Like, I'll take one year at 15 million bucks. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. That money could go a lot of different ways and a lot do a lot of different kinds of good. There are a little... Ooh, I would rather sign like a Joe Blanton. Yeah. But, then, so. it, but then I think uh, uh, to the other side of the point I only just made myself. Yeah. At some point, you, it would be nice to have someone who can pitch six innings instead of get six outs because they, they're starting to there's the depth that that ross atkins and mark shapiro seem fixated on very much fixated on is depth. like they just want rolling depth but so many of these like with the chavez and if it's you know if we are living using roberto osuna in a multi-inning role like there's a lot of those guys now yeah as opposed to like and you know if it's well that's when you have you know Dickey can go deep into a game. Stroman, we hope, can do that. Mm. Anybody else you're relying on? I mean, Estrada was great last year, but who the fuck knows what's going to be there? Hap, Hutchinson, Sanchez. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of innings for future for relievers to future uh, closer Drew Hutchinson. Hey, fine, go for it. Start start him in Buffalo. Wait till he gets fucking eaten up there, and then uh, got a nice little <laughs> bullpen piece. I don't know. God, God, no. God, no. I can't abide Giovanni Gallardo. Of all of the free agent pitchers. Of all of them. Yeah, if you were the one that I just won't, I can't even. If the draft pick scared you off other guys who are good, then don't fucking give it up just to get Gallardo. Why can't AJ Burnett come out of retirement? One more year, AJ. Get him on the phone. Get him on the blower. I'd do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> In half a heartbeat. Yeah. Because it's delightful. The thing is, there's not much else, else left out there. Kyle Loesch? I would rather have Kyle Loesch than Giovanni Gallardo, even though I think that they may be more similar than I'm willing to admit. Fair enough. Yeah. I. Yeah. I just... Jeremy Guthrie redid his deal, didn't he? He's not around. 
I don't know. There's not like a lot I, out there. Like I say, don't if you don't take a penny away from what you you have to do next year. If you get Gallardo at the expense of, you know, falling short on Batista or Encarnacion uh, uh, extensions or whatever the fuck else you're gonna do next year, whether they do that or not, uh, then yeah, that's bad. That's bad. That's as bad as Gallardo's second half. Yeah, it's so easy to to say no to Gallardo, but then what? Right, maybe Gavin Floyd. Maybe they're okay. Barry Zito. Maybe, maybe Zito is a good way to go. Maybe it's the uh, maybe, maybe they're the fine. Bullpen. Maybe they're fine. Maybe the roster they have is the roster that they need. I don't know. It, it like you also. I mean, you think about it. You add a guy like Gallardo, and then so now you basically you for sure have Drew Hutchison going to Buffalo. You could very well have Aaron Sanchez going to Buffalo. Just if that's. If they want to keep him stretched out and continue this starter thing, they, mm-hmm. that's a theoretical possibility, and I think the bullpen would be fine, especially for a month or two while they figure out if that's really what they want to do before bringing him back as a reliever, if that's what they decide ultimately. Uh, and so you lose, like, you know, you're also not just you're not just bumping off a Ryan Tapera out, mm-hmm. out of the staff. You're bumping off a couple guys who could be kind of useful to you if you bring in a, a guy like Gallardo. So that just... That the cost benefit just is that much worse, I think. So, I don't know. We say this, and Gallardo will probably have a fine season. I don't know. No, he'll be I trash. Kind of trash. Um, we mentioned Ross Atkins. There was a big uh, story that I guess Shai Davidi wrote. Yeah, kind yeah. of looking into his background of the assistant it was really GM. Interesting. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Story about Marco Scudero, his roommate, a <laughs> ball. Yeah, the guy that thought that Applebee's was a mall or something like that. <laughs> that was like, it's so hard. He he learned to speak Spanish. That was one thing I took away from that. Yeah, definitely. I think that was that it has helped him along the way. That's probably a good thing. I think uh, is that Latin? Does he speak Latin? Did you see all Poor the blocking Jerry Krasnick? Yeah. God, he meant. He... I understood what he meant. Obviously, Twitter, the toilet end of Twitter destroyed yeah. that poor. Well, it was just a tweet. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so no, but no, that's a good thing. They're bringing in every team has to have translators for, uh, mm-hmm. which is like, why does that even have to be mandated? Like, why? What stupid fucking team isn't trying to help but acclimatize I mean, your players who are you're, in, a, in a new country that don't that doesn't speak the same language that they, they a they're a they're people yeah and b maybe you're gonna improve the return on your investment yeah. you slimy <laughs> Wall Street pieces of shit um, basically. Now, here's a question, I wonder. Uh, Atkins and Shapiro are scheduled to go to meet with both Jose Bautista and Edward Encarnacion. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they said they're going to go to Jose Bautista's house in uh, Tampa. Yeah, I think they may have already met with Edwin. Um, do you think they speak English? If, if Atkins is, uh, is conversant in Spanish, do you think that he would go and speak Spanish with, with Jose and Edwin? Yeah, uh, if, who else is there? I don't know if Shapiro's also there. Well, but I mean, there. like, Bautista in particular. I mean, uh, everyone everyone you talk to says that Encarnacion's English is fine. Right. He's right. not confident in it in terms of, like, speaking on camera. Right, but it, it but, was fine. But Bautista is, like, bilingual. Like, there's no disputing it. Oh, yeah. Well, you go in the man's house, speak his native tongue, be like, we'll give you $100 million for four years. You walk out, you got the... You start etching it right into the, think, the, the, I, the ring of excellence. There you go. There you go. That sounds Fine like a good piece of business. In Spanish. I assume, I, well, I assume you say hola when you get there, and then you just sort of see where he goes from that. You wait for him to make the first move. Yeah? Yeah. 
It's nice that you have those options. But Anthopoulos, they, they was talking about, he kept saying he was going to learn how to speak Spanish, right? The old GM. Who? The, the former gentleman, the vice president of... The, uh, the oh, the, ju- the, the the Mets guy, the junior assistant to the to the vice president. <laughs> yeah, uh, that Dodgers front office is ridiculous. There are so many talented people at work. There. Yeah, it's crazy. I did have to watch too many cooks in, in its entirety. <laughs> well, did someone tweet that, that joke? <laughs> What's that? Didn't Law made that joke? He said uh, something about Smarf being in the front office. There, uh, you'll check the timestamp on that. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talented people there. It's I don't know, can't can't hurt to have uh, smart voices, especially if you have someone who's comfortable being you know having the final say and and you know isn't gonna you know be weird or waver and or, or have favorites or whatever. I mean, fuck yeah, but you Fr- want input, you want uh... doesn't Friedman have like the never went for it rep like. All those times in Tampa Bay would be really good, and then they would never really because they never had any money to like upgrade, even for like deadline guys. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And the Dodgers have kind of carried that along. Well, they would have like got Utley last human year. garbage. Yeah, he is garbage. Uh, you mentioned uh, JP Ricciardi, uh, not by name, but by uh, yeah, his by current his... affiliation, future GM of the Mets. Indeed, JP Ricciardi, yeah. that is. Uh, I, I, so when I did the rundown for this week's show, I, I like to try to theme them for mm. my own purposes. Oh, very nice. So this week's is like, it's, the word is meet. Like, meet Drew Storin. Mm. Meet Ross Atkins. And then I hearkened back to days of yore when I said, please meet, oh, sorry, meet Mark Shapiro's fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, which is something that you, the, the translator, yeah. the JP Ricciardi translator. Yep. Uh, you... Shapiro was all around. I actually saw him. He was in the lobby of the building in which I work. Oh, really? He was going up to some Godfrey thing. Okay. And uh, I was like eyeballing him. And Parks, ardent Blue Jays fan that he is, yeah. uh, blew right past him. And I was like, dude. He's like, what? I'm like, that's Mark Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Peter Weller. You know. <laughs> Jeff Garcia. Yeah, that's me. sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, you did a whole bunch of transcribing and talking about, um, yeah, yeah, about what uh, he said. Was there any, was there anything really interesting that you said that came that you found that came out of there? Uh, not terribly. I mean, it's just it's the, the stuff about grass. He clarified the grass comments that people went so out of, out of their way to like to hate on him for, even though they were completely reasonable. You know, he was like. Yeah, we're gonna we're researching it, and then we're gonna know what it, you know if if we can do it, then it's going to become one of many things that we can do, and then we'll decide what to do to make this you know the best experience possible, uh, which is completely reasonable. And he just sort of reiterated that, and uh, I did like he kind of threw Beeston under the bus a little bit, which is saying you know I what I I guess my mistake was I didn't know how it had been communicated before. My time here, mm. which is that you know, Beeston was very adamant that this is this is happening because he didn't give a shit. He wouldn't be here. Beeston's got he a Beeston. Yeah, just gonna say, put us, just be positive about it, no matter what. Uh, and then if it doesn't work out, you just be positive about something else. That's kind of his deal. Uh, he talked about Dunedin a bit. I don't think they're gonna go to. The I don't think they can go to Arizona. I don't think they. I don't. I don't think. Well, that was what Law thing. said, right? Law was like, why don't they go to Arizona? Yeah. Which is like, well, they would just, they wouldn't do that. I don't think they would. How many East Coast teams play their games in Arizona? 
Not a whole lot. Cleveland. Cleveland's one. But... Cleveland's one. That's <laughs> the, the. You mean the team that Shapiro was just previously running? Oh right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I would be surprised. I'd be very surprised if they went to Arizona. But Florida, you know, you look at the setup in Arizona where they're all within like a fucking forty-five minute drive of each other or whatever mm-hmm. it is. God, that's got to be a lot better. Florida is big and trafficy and Florida-y. Well, I think the, as much as the, tra- the the traffic and the driving in Florida, sure. I think the biggest thing that if they could change, they would. It's the weather, right? It's rainy. It fucking rains all the time in Florida. It does. Uh, it, yeah, it which does. Which hampers things a bit. I mean, it seems like it rains for 25 minutes and then it's fucking sweltering again. So. Well, it is Florida. Florida full of Florida men. Indeed it is. Uh, uh, I, I I don't know, personally, I'd be disappointed if they left Florida, or even, like, even just Dunedin, Dunedin's kind of alright, uh, but I say, like, I wrote this, you know, I say that as someone who hasn't had to sit there for six fucking weeks, or doesn't care too much that the stupid stadium is not near a highway, so you have to fight your way through Dunedin traffic and game day traffic to get there, or it's not near the airport, it's, uh, there, there's... Shapiro talking about how great a location, geography-wise, that is, was a little bit much, and I think that's what Law was uh, was tweeting about. Uh, because, is, yeah, it, it's... Is there really it's that not much traffic a, in Dunedin, Florida? The last time I went there trying to get from... We were staying right near Bright House, the Phillies Park, trying to get there on a game day. It was It was a bit of a fucking mess. It was a bit like... It was like... Yeah, it was a mess. Can you imagine how much those weird quasi-humans that live there in like, Central Florida <laughs> must hate spring training? If, if it wasn't their, if it wasn't, they, if it wasn't like the sole engine of their economy, they, yeah, exactly, how mad they would exactly. be. Uh, you know, they want those fucking Canadian pesos. You know? <laughs> That's what they're getting now. <laughs> so, I don't know, but yeah, that was interesting. It was all like, it, it was very, do you remember John Farrell? Just imagine John Farrell was running the team, basically. Very similar speak. Very yeah. Similar about, you know, just the player development stuff, the just the way that they think about, you know, uh, the, the, an organization and how to go about their business. Uh, and I mentioned this in the piece then, and I'd written about it before. You know, like, just when Farrell left, he had that comment uh, in the first, like, the summer after he left about the difference between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and talking about a scouting-based organization versus versus a player development organization and sort of elaborated a little bit on it, which you could just, you could see what Farrell was saying in what Shapiro and Ross Atkins are saying, which I don't think is a bad thing, you know, talking about... Are you saying you're more... running some kind of brainwashing cult on Lake Erie? <laughs> is that what you're kind of insinuating here? Not at all. No, not at all. I, 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 no, I think it's smart that they're, you know... Or they seem more concerned. And I, maybe this is, maybe that's wrong, because maybe the Jays were... Uh, under Anthopolis, just as concerned as they should have been about the, all this stuff. But they really seem to publicly especially make a point of talking about, you know, mental preparation and trying to gain competitive edges in terms of, you know, recovery from playing and, and how they work out and eating smarter and just doing everything smarter, just, uh, you know, sort of top-down strategizing for players, you know, goals and having you know having it really well thought out and really... Uh, you know, just sort of on a granular level, everything that goes into these investments is thought about, and it's you know, and I'm sure that that's you know, very much what the Jays did 
in their own way mm-hmm. prior to these guys getting here, but they seem to have formalized it more, perhaps. I don't know. Formalize is a good word for it. Uh, you know what we should do? We should take a break. We can only talk so much about front office guys and what we do and do not know. We got Gil Kim, too. That's good. A lot of people, the Rangers folks, were sad to see him go. He's a really interesting story, too. Yeah? Just being all over the place. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't read it. I think there's a post piece about it, you know, talking about him... You know, sleeping on a on a on a floor in Venezuela. He, and he's, he was inter- interviewed by Shanghaiist uh, in 2007 when he was playing in the Chinese league, and he played in the Netherlands. Was at Vanderbilt, and was, like said he was you know a role player there, but sort of let uh, let baseball take him where where it would and where he could where he could go and see the world, and and you know that's how he sort of got his hand into international scouting and the advantage of. Positioning Shapiro's job as what it is is that it allows, again, this kind of absorbing smart people, absorbing people who have a track record of success, absorbing people who can make the organization run better, as you said, or can help them make better decisions because that's what it is. Those kind of competitive balance, those kind of competitive advantages are gone, but to not, in terms of like, you are not ahead of the game by doing this, but if you're not adding this kind of rigor or having you know people who can add to the equation uh you're behind frankly yeah so absolutely, and may- yeah. maybe in some ways all the jays of course again in their own way they they had that stuff but maybe now they're more formalizing it or and just bringing in other people to to sort of kind of just get their guys in place Frankly, I think so. I, I, you said we want to take, we should take a break, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. And, and Shapiro said, you know, just talking about that sort of stuff, you know, it's incremental, incrementally adding wins in wherever they can. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at all this stuff, and he's like, you know, I don't. If it, do you get half a win out of, out of you know, changing what players do to recover after games? Is it even that much? It doesn't matter because when you do enough of those little things to get those, you know, half wins, quarter wins, whatever it is, uh, or even no wins, but just for you know for the sake of uh, for experimenting and trying to find it, mm-hmm. uh, they add up. And, and he even said that you know that can there's things like that that can allow a team to defy what or what uh, you know objective analysis says, what projections say, for example. There you go. There you go. Let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about projections and and all that good stuff and what it means for the 2016 Blue Jays uh, on this edition of Birds All Day.
so we're back. We didn't really go anywhere. Uh, we bantered about the banter while we were gone. Uh, but you mentioned projections and fan graphs rolled out there. Uh, 2016 projections based off of uh, Steamer and some other stuff in their own base runs projections. Mm-hmm. And uh, your Toronto Blue Jays, they look uh, pretty good. They look okay. Pretty good. <laughs> They're in the upper echelon. Uh, they are. Uh, they trail. Uh, yeah, they're somewhere in the middle of the AL East, but yeah, they're they are currently sitting in around third in the AL East. The Red Sox. The steamer loves the Red Sox. Sure does. And the Yankees too, apparently. Which I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. Eh, they're projections. Projections. Uh, uh, are interesting. They they certainly have value. There's certainly a reason people keep doing them, and, and there's a lot that they can tell you. But the like anything, like any stat kind of thing, and you you have to just be wary of what it's missing or what's not there. Maybe that's just an excuse I use to to explain away not ideal looking projections. Maybe for the Jays, I think Zips is a little higher on some of those guys. Uh, you know, anything that's going to be fit based is probably going to you're going to take a hit with your if you're Marco Estrada or if you're Ari Dickey, mm-hmm. so you can feel a little okay about that. Both but also, guys I mean, don't but, but well. it's it's easy to do that for the Jays and then not for every other team. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that the Red Sox have places where the projections are being light on them as well. Uh, so, and also, you know, Stroman, the projections aren't going to look at him as a guy who can stay healthy, perhaps because he doesn't have a full healthy season in the in the big leagues even though well especially as he was a guy that the, that the Red Sox or that the projections loved going into last yeah. season yeah they had him projected as like one of the top pitchers but again as information yeah. starts to get when there's when there's a, a lack or a dearth of information the, the projections fill in a lot on their own yeah exactly so a guy exactly. with a nice track record of minor league success uh, you know as a college pitcher in particular a guy who's really polished and then a guy who had a, obviously a brilliant season that's like catnip for the projection systems. Yeah. Uh, adding, you know, only 10 starts, but that little dose of reality, especially those that were like really shy on the, in the strikeout department. Yeah. Starts to bring him, yep. you know, back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for some reason, I think they, they don't think uh, Jay Happ's going to just continue being that guy who was in Pittsburgh. That's weird. Which, <laughs> you know, understandably so. Doesn't have to be, at least. That's that's fortunate. And the I mean, the Red Sox... The Red Sox, the, the projections really like Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval to be good again. Yeah, they're looking not just at how dog shit they were last year. They're saying, oh, there's there's a track record here that says they're going to be better than that. Which I think is fair, except that they're dog shit. I would say, if I was... not My informal projections are, Hanley will always be able to hit... And if he is held, because he's fucked up his shoulder and went, went after his shoulder was back. Remember, he hit 10 home runs in April last right, year. And yeah, then he got yeah, hurt and then yeah. he was bad. And then the fielding became like a big issue because he was hurt and not hitting as well. Hanley will always hit. I think the Panda had, might be a little on the Dunzo side. <laughs> yeah, could be. Could be. Again, and Sandoval's no, Sand, young as well. And I think Hanley's probably a little young too. So they're like, oh, he's under 30, whatever, yeah, he's 30. Yeah. He can come back, and I'm like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, you're right. There's a lot of there are a lot of holes you could poke into it. 
Yes. But the I don't I don't think that changes the fact that the Blue Jays are in in this in terms of talent and as it's again not necessarily equating the um you know the sequence in which these events occur. Blue Jays are very very close to the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yep. In talent which no one would ever dispute. I think that's correct, yeah. The Yankees uh, Jeff Sullivan again wrote a really good thing about how the Yankees by adding even by adding Raldis Chapman who plays for the Yankees now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their fun. bullpen's not really going to be any better. Like it's not that much better because it's a bullpen. So taking out like a Chase and Shreve or a Ace Chase Whitley or one of these guys, they had, you know, decent guys pitching in the 6th or 7th inning. There's not the bullpen was already already so good that even just adding a really good player doesn't automatically make it insanely better. Red Sox, maybe a little bit of a different story. Cause their bullpen <laughs> was not as good. And their yes, team was bad. Yeah, it's true. Right? They added uh, what's that guy's name? That they added? I think it was Ke- uh, Craig Kimbrell. No, they added another one of those, another pitcher, another player. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith. Is that who that was? Yeah, yeah, and uh, oh, David Price too. Oh, him, not the bullpen. Yeah, no, that guy. Not the bullpen. David Price is uh, pretty good, as it turns out. Eh, he's a lefty. Yeah, that's true. Good <laughs> luck. Donald, Donaldson will get his. <laughs> that was a, that was a good good story. Good quotes today. Yeah, he's awesome. Josh Donaldson. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it, there's no secret. Right, projections. People don't like them because they think that they're predictions, which they're not. Right. They. They don't like that. It's all about everything. Is it's like regressed, right? Like it brings. It it's bringing everything toward the middle, so the fact that there's no team that's projected to win, you know, a, a whole. I mean, the the Cubs are projected to win 95 games, and the Red Sox 92. A lot of these things are like. You know, it's it's an average. It's, yeah, it's what are the, like they run these these simulations ten thousand times, and this is the most. Yeah, the most the, average. Yeah, of, yeah, for sure. But I mean, you look at because the Cubs are going to win more than ninety five games. Think about a team like so, uh, people are surprised too. The the Diamondbacks are not. They're projected to win seventy nine games, for example, despite the fact they added Zach Greinke, right, and Charlie right. Miller and stuff. And they remind me, in a way, of the twenty fifteen White Sox, right, where the White Sox. Made some yeah. moves, and they had some nice players, and they had Jose Abreu coming off a great season, and and the the, the projections they projected the White Sox were going to win seventy nine games, and I think they won seventy eight. Like it's just that's just the White Sox being the White but, Sox. But they, ha- they these, these they don't make these numbers don't, aren't made up for fun. Yeah, no, right? that's true. But no, again, right. like when you're not a, a truly elite or a truly talented team. Like a fundamentally talented team, like the like the Cubs, uh, you know, it's always going to get yanked back to the middle. That's the whole point. Yeah, and also, I mean, I think you got to keep in mind at this point with the way the wild cards are going, the way wild cards go. Like if you're if you're sniffing five hundred, mm-hmm. if you're like a five hundred true talent team, it just has to break a little bit in your way for you to be right in contention. Like anybody who's anywhere like five hundred or above, mm-hmm. like has a genuine. I think the other chance at a playoff the, spot. The other thing, and the thing that's working against maybe the projections or against working against the ability to project the way the season's going to go, is in the American League in particular. I want you to tell me the teams in the American League that are truly bad. 
Yeah, it's uh, that's tough. Maybe the Twins, even though they won eighty one or eighty two games last year. Yeah, I don't know if they're. I don't think they're, they're worse. Bad. They're worse than that though. But they, they got are. a little bit better. They're gonna get, gonna get a whole year of Buxton, a whole year of Sano. Fuck. The Rays and the Orioles are like one of those teams is probably gonna end up bad. Yeah, we we hope. And I mean, in the West, like, is anybody bad? There's no more Houston to kick around. No, the Rangers aren't. The Rangers are the dog shit Rangers. Like they're who they are. The Rangers are pretty fucking good. Well, manager is fuck off. Manager of the year. The Rangers are trash. <laughs> they're trash, and I hate them. Uh, Fair enough. Well, the Rangers uh, are it, the Rangers are projected to be a team very similar to the Blue Jays. Oakland Oakland can't be bad. Like they're not good. If you think the Oakland's going to be bad again, you are a braver man than I. Like I don't know that I'd be willing to make that bet, but. I think that is that gonna... just reminded me that Brett Laurie plays for the White Sox now. Yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, that's uh, his natural. It's it's where he should be. But I think that changes the equation when it comes to projections, not the reality. But the fact that there are a lot of teams that are going to be in that juicy middle of the of the talent pool, so to speak. Right. Because like the teams in the National League, there are way more teams that are fucking terrible. In like yeah. the Braves and the Phillies that are just in the Rockies and the <laughs> Maybe the Padres that are like, and the Reds, the, Padres, and the yeah. Brewers that yeah. are so bad that that's going to allow more separation. But like the yeah. difference between the Royals and the Jays and the Yankees and the Angels and the Mariners and the Rangers is like really not that much in, the, in Cleveland. Yeah. Right? So those teams are in a way that they, you can assume they're going to beat on, up on each other. And as because it's baseball and it's like, basically like prostituted randomness in that it's a professional sport <laughs> a little bit Never shit's gonna on. happen yeah yeah so someone's gonna win 90 games that, that we don't expect someone's gonna lose 90 games we don't expect but the talent is is pretty spread wide but I, all I'll that being that, said yeah. it's easy to forget that the blue jays played at like a fucking 110 win pace for three months last year yeah to, from from the trade deadline till they clinched, it was like they played seven fifty baseball basically. Now that's unlikely to continue. I think so. I think you can't just extrapolate that. But but they're really really fucking good. losing only David Price doesn't change that significantly. And especially when you didn't have Marcus Stroman. You did lose Latroy Hawkins though. You did. And Mark Lowe. You did. Well, you re- replaced one of them. Well, no, you replaced Liam Hendricks with. Uh... With Drew Storen, you're fine. Mark Burley for Jay Happ, done. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't think that's unfair to say. Uh, I don't think that it's easy. Uh, it would be foolish to just dismiss the projections out of hand. For sure. But it is also, there's a lot to like. About <laughs> but, but also, I would, I would like to dismiss these projections out of hand. Without dismissing them out of hand, let's dismiss them out of hand. And we'll <laughs> see what Pakoda says as well. Pakoda's not out yet. Yeah. Um, I think people were talking in, uh, in the comments on my site uh you know when the, these were all coming out about how Zips was was kinder to the Jays, and I, I couldn't. I googled quickly, but I didn't. I gave up because I couldn't find uh, uh, how the Zips apparently was one of the more successful ones this year. I don't know if that. I didn't. I don't know if that data is actually out yet. I haven't seen that. I don't know if I've seen that yeah, yet. But so maybe someone was looking at 2014. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. Who gives a fuck? They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. They're they're a good team. They can get better. And there are people that there are people who for whom they'll never be good enough. 
There's never enough unless they've signed literally every free agent, unless they've gone out and spent like $800 million on free agents. They haven't done enough. Yep. And those people are idiots. And they don't deserve anyone's time. But I think the reasonable people could say, yeah, they're not perfect. And having David Price versus whoever you've got at the back of the rotation would be preferable. Yeah. But that's just not reality. And I think as we've, the thing that I'm going to keep going on and on and on and on about until it proves that it is not the way that baseball is going to work anymore, the Jays are in a good position to have built a staff to get 27 outs a night versus having four aces and a stud closer or however you want to look at it. And then look out in between. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I think that that kind of depth is going to, could benefit them because yeah. there's no dispute. Nobody's out here. I don't care how much of a carcass Mark uh, Michael Saunders is. They're not. They're going to keep scoring bonkers amounts of runs. Yeah, those guys are really good. All of them. Even <laughs> it's if ridiculous. like Encarnacion. Yeah. Like again, you're going to keep saying that Encarnacion and Donaldson and Bautista are going to. They're not all going to hit 40 this year, except that maybe they are. Yeah. Right. Even if they all hit 30, they have also too low. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Too low of the Dufferin Mall and uh, Russ Martin. <laughs> yeah, who ideally will be better catching our right and you know four and a half win player Kevin Pillar. Also true. Also true. And whoever plays second base and left field and Chris Colabello, who had a who can hit hitters hit Chris Colabello always hits. I'm happy. <laughs> you count, you're counting the independent league there. Does he need, Hitters hit. Always hit. You get no. You couldn't see me, but I just like aggressively shrugged, <laughs> like that was a full blown like, come on, hitters hit. Uh, that's it. We're done. Right, what, was there anything else I had on my list? You got anything else? You got anything to no, add? No, I got nothing. Which of those bad NL teams is Anthopolis going to end up running next year? You figure the Rockies. No, if there was a I don't team know, that I, he was I, going to run, I don't know if he's like, if he's if he's he got like, a death wish. Yeah. I was going to say, oh. I don't know if he's, like, uh, Mormon enough for them or whatever the fuck is going on in that Rockies that, that The fact that they are such a, uh, like, they won't let themselves change to a complete, like, regime change because it's very, like, what's his name, Monfort or whatever? The I don't know team. what the fuck's going on there. They, they'll just, they're happy to. Was it you, somebody, somebody told me, maybe we talked about this before, like, some... Like some draft pick of theirs said that they're like somebody had heard that a draft pick was asked like oh are you a god fearing man kind of a thing like that's that's going into their evaluation kind of stuff I don't know I don't know if that's like apocryphal or not but but Mon- fuck the Rockies the Montfort brothers on the Rockies uh, I was right unbelievably uh, the other one I had on there somebody tweeted at me about. Um, Tony Sanchez, Pirates. Oh, yeah, I saw you tweeting someone about Somebody said, like, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll get Tony Sanchez. And they made a comment about catching depth. They sure did, yeah, he did. Maybe they do. I mean, again, that comes back to the, oh, so what, we're dragging three catchers around now? Yeah. Somebody was talking to me about that, you know, like, it would be nice if you had, you know, a one of those catcher first baseman types instead of Justin Smoke have, you know... uh, Stephen Vogt kind of guy. Or that would like be nice. That. that is quite the luxury. It to is have. very much. Then you could it's a very modern luxury, I think, as well. Then you could carry a Josh Tolley as the backup catcher when you have and one is 
you know, I think you could make that's a that good work, idea. Maybe, yeah. I am. Uh, but you have to get you have to get Justin Smoke out of the way first. Throw, I'm throwing my support behind that there idea. There you go. Yeah. Uh, again, that's a very specific request. It's it's tough. It's tough to be like, oh, okay, we got to find a lefty hitting catcher first baseman who is bad enough that we can get him for kind of nothing, but good enough that it's worth getting him. Uh, well, uh, one other one thing about catchers is the. Baseball Perspectives released all their like their more advanced catchers metrics, and Russell Martin looks right. good. But it all come so much of what they do is is framing, right? According to their numbers, which some people may not like, but it only makes sense that like I think Martin caught like seven thousand pitches last year. Mm-hmm. So even if ten percent of those are borderline pitches, it's a lot of. A lot of extra that's strikes. a lot of reps. Like yeah. there's a lot more of those than there are. Yeah, it is pitches to block in the dirt, which by their numbers, yeah, is such a nominal thing. Which it's easy because it looks maddening when you see a guy who like right. boggles through his legs or doesn't get down on it, doesn't block the pitch the way he should. It's just not their job. This is not an accurate reflection of what is important almost, to them. It's almost like the Rays have known that for a really long time. Anyone who's and, willing to pay Jose Molina, yeah. Knows that they're knows what they're getting, but Russell Martin is good at all of the things. He is like Buster Posey in that respect, except he's not like Buster Posey. Really got really, really got to see both uh, or two Molinas up close here, didn't we? Fortunate, we're a fortunate bunch. Forgot about Ben. Oh, the Benji yeah. Molina thing was like a thing. Yeah, remember that? Oh yeah, he sat out the bullpen. It was crazy days. Yeah, I do. I do remember that. Yeah. All right, that's it. <laughs> Before we talk about the time that I saw it was, uh, somebody fart on Benji Molina in the bullpen. Uh, his name is Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Ferris. Thank you so much for, for abiding this edition of Birds All Day.